podcast is brought to you by the good people over at Gamefly. With over 9,000 titles for the PS4, PS3, Xbox One, Xbox 360, Nintendo Switch, Wii, and other consoles, there's no better time for gamers to make the most of their systems by using Gamefly to play all the new and classic games for as little as 32 cents a day. To start your 30-day free trial, head on over to cinemageekly.com slash Gamefly or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. Listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Cody, did you think? Did you think that your transgressions against the Dark Order would go unpunished? The elite has been dispatched. Omega and Hangman have been dispatched. And on Saturday, Cody, you are going to put some respect on my name. You are going to put some respect on the Dark Order's name. On Saturday, Cody, I take that beautiful piece of gold out of your hands. But I, Cody, will be so nice as to give you this one back. Tick-tock. Cody, time's up! Join the Dark Order. It's a brand new episode of the Elita Cinema Geekly's AEW podcast. It's Anthony Lewis and Nick Montez. We're back to talk more AEW Dynamite on TNT, their 45th episode of Dynamite. And uh, there is still no Excalibur, by the way. This show is live this week. Still no Excalibur. Uh, not pleased. Lame. I don't know what the shit they are doing, but Tony Khan, I know you're listening to this. Get your ass <laughs> in gear. Put Excalibur back on the air. Everybody knows what's going on. Everybody knows the story. Let's just, come on, let's just get him back on TV, please. Thanks. Uh, the show kicks off with the Young Bucks against the Dark Order, but the Young Bucks are attacked on the ramp by the uh, the lesser of the, the Dark Order, Silver Reynolds, uh, Alan Angels. Uh, they attack the Young Bucks, uh, doing the dirty work for Uno and Grayson. And uh, the match begins that way with Matt out on the ramp and Nick being picked apart by the Dark Order. Matt eventually gets in, though. House on fire, all that stuff. Uh, A lot of great double teams by both of these teams. uh, But Matt eventually gets uh, cut off and singled out. Then uh, he finally gets the tag to Nick, who then does, according to him, even the best comeback in the business, which got a (laughs) laugh from the uh, announcers in the booth. Uh, Dark Order have a comeback of their own. They hit their Cannonball 450 combo. They get a two count out of that. Uh, Then they try to trap Matt Jackson in a tunnel. 
they they take his body that has been beaten and they throw him into one of the entrance ramp tunnels and then have the other Dark Order minions stand guard so as to keep him trapped. Then they try to hit Fatality on Nick Jackson, but they've waited too long to to set their trap for Matt. And uh, Nick manages to counter the Fatality into a roll-up on Evil Uno and gets the win. What did you think of the opener? Man, that was a hot start. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a hell of a tag team match. Uh, I, I love seeing these two teams work together because I think Dark Order has been on fire lately. And they've been one of the better parts of the show. Not even just all the character work, but Stu Grayson is like becoming slowly becoming an MVP for me on television every week. He just puts on great matches. Yeah. Um, and of course, you mix that in with the Young Bucks, you're going to get amazing, talented wrestling and just all kinds of action moves that you, you would only see in a movie. But this is real life. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave this one three and a half stars. It was just a hot start to a good night of wrestling. Yeah, so I feel like I was not in the same gear as everybody else. Because by the way, uh, really, yeah, I went. I gave this a three, and Grapple oh. gave it three point four eight. So Ooh. they were they were on board with you. Uh, I think maybe my problem is, and this is a totally just a me problem, uh, was that when they announced this match, all I could think about was all the awesome stuff I remember. Uh, seeing from them in PWG, like their ladder matches they've had in PWG. Um, and I was just thinking of like the Super Smash Brothers and the Young Bucks. And mm. I keep forgetting, and it's not like they had a bad match here, but I keep forgetting that TV wrestling matches are going to be really different from an independent show where they can do whatever they want, whenever they want. And uh, they're a little more restricted here, even though there is a lot more freedom in AEW than uh, in, in other places on television, they were still, there are still restrictions that are sort of placed on them when it comes to time and commercial breaks and things like that. And it didn't quite live up to the hype that I had built up for it in my head, which is not on them. It's totally on me. Uh, and it's why I wound up giving it three stars. I thought it was good, but it was below my expectations and my expectations, I think were probably set too high. So I understand that way of thinking, though, because I kind of felt the same way about AJ Styles and Nakamura at WrestleMania a couple of years ago. Oh, holy when you see what, yeah, exactly. When you see what someone can do, and then you have to settle for something that's you know far less. Yeah, yeah, it, it can be different. But I've actually never seen those two compete in PWG, and I would, I might have to go search that out later. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, blow away stuff. Um, MJF comes out for another uh, a stump speech, if you will. He's on the uh, he's on the political campaign. Nick, he is campaigning to be champion of AEW. If that makes any sense, Lex um, Luger, he did that in '93. <laughs> that's right. We need the we need the MJF Express. <laughs> the Maxwell shit. Express. The Max Express. <laughs> yes. Um, so polling stats show that MJF has. Uh, 500% of the votes and Moxley somehow has minus 1000% uh, of the votes nationwide says that dictator Mox isn't here, but he is says that Moxley is scurred because MJF is better than him. And also because he alludes to the fact that MJF will refuse to job for him. Uh, but he lays down on the mat anyway, and does this in an attempt to try to lure Moxley out. Uh, talks some more shit about their match at All Out. Says Moxley should just give him the keys to the kingdom at this point. Why even wait? Just give him the belt. 
And then Moxley's music hits and MJF freaks out. He sends all of his campaign staff and Wardlow into the into the stands because that is where Moxley always comes from. And then Moxley, of course, comes from the entrance way instead, like normal wrestlers do. And he attacks MJF, gives him the paradigm shift, and then goes backstage where we watch Tony Khan admire from a distance John Moxley's promo, uh, where he basically says that he will teach him a lesson uh, at All Out. So uh, what did you think of all of that? The, the continued build for MJF and Moxley? I, I would say if we... <sighs> It was very entertaining, and and MJF every time he's on the screen is gonna steal up all the spotlight. He's the man. Um, kind of corny doing this whole angle that he's doing, but I guess if I think in it, think of it as the Lex Luger kind of deal going on your campaign to become champion. It's kind of kind of makes it more fun with uh, Maxwell Overdrive here. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to say that uh, I think that this is gonna be a kick-ass match, and I'm pretty excited for it. You didn't even need to do all this get me excited for this so i think they're doing a great job i like that he also referred to him as dictator john yeah. threw out some hashtags mjf 2020 hashtag not my champ you know oh yeah <laughs> max is on the pulse man <laughs> oh absolutely uh he uh i i think the build has been good so far but i would like to see it taken to the next level so uh let's see what we can do in the in the coming couple of weeks here uh we get a recap of Matt Hardy getting his head split open by a uh, an errant Sammy Guevara chair toss. And Matthew Hardy tells us that he cannot wrestle for 10 days. He falsely claims that he does not die. Uh, someday he will be proven wrong, uh, as will we all. And uh, he notes that the next Dynamite is on a Saturday. And on that Saturday, he will wrestle Sammy Guevara. Uh, he then sees somebody who looks like Sammy Guevara and he viciously attacks that person thinking it is Sammy Guevara, but it is instead uh, AEW referee Mike Posey doing his best, um, I guess his best Steve Buscemi, you know, hello fellow kids meme where he looks like a 50 year old <laughs> dude, but he's wearing like the leather jacket and the backwards baseball cap. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that was that. Then we get Cody defending the uh, newly-ish... Replated. Yeah, newly-ish, reminted, replated TNT Championship against Scorpio Sky. Um, They have a really solid back-and-forth match early on, but Sky is not playing the straight babyface here. He uh, doesn't welcome Cody back into the ring. When Cody tries to welcome him back into the ring, he refuses it, uh, that sort of thing. He's playing this a little more, uh, not heelish, but uh, he was not going to play any games. Mm-hmm. Uh, early on, Cody had hurt his ribs, so Scorpio Sky works those over. Hits him with a slingshot cutter to the outside on the ramp, does Scorpio Sky. Rolls him back in and gets a two count out of that. Uh, there's a great sequence here where Cody hits him with a superplex off the top, but Scorpio immediately uh, captures Cody's legs for a cradle that gets a two. Goes for the TKO, his finisher, but Cody slips behind, hits the crossroads, and Scorpio Sky kicked out at two. Uh, Scorpio goes for another slingshot cutter, this time from the outside of the ring into the ring, but Cody holds onto the ropes. So Sky just crashes onto the mat, and Cody grabs him, hits him with the crossroads again, and gets the pinfall. And after the match, uh, the Dark Order appear on the screen. It is Brody Lee holding the old, unminted. Uh, TNT championship 
and is pissed about last week with what happened between Cody and Matt Cardona uh, and their disrespect to the Dark Order has not gone unnoticed. And now Brody Lee is coming for the championship. And when he wins it, he'll be gracious enough to give uh, Cody that old title belt back. Um, <laughs> so what did you think of the match? And uh, what do you think of the uh, the next challenger for Cody? I will say this. Brody loves to steal championship belts, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I I thought this match had such a big fight feel to it, especially with the special entrances, you know, Scorpio Sky breaking through that door and um, Cody coming out with this big entourage and the new belt. Um, I think the belt looks way cooler. My only complaint about it is I kind of miss the uh, black TNT logo on it just because it looks more like the actual logo. Um, But that aside, um, great match. These guys uh, had a hell of a, a contest here, especially with the uh, – I, I would say a big moment for me in this match was Scorpio kicking out of the crossroads. It just like it seemed like he was down for the count, and it was a nice surprise. Um, correct me am I wrong, but is Scorpio the first guy to challenge for all three, sing- or all three big titles in AEW? No. Um, I th- think so, yeah. Because he's the first tag champ, he challenged for the heavyweight title and now the TNT title. So that's kind of a you know little thing that may not be mentioned there. Yeah. Um. So I I, I think that shows how much they believe in Scorpio. He's going to be a big star with uh, AEW at some point. Might even be the top guy. And I kind of like that he was being more serious on this occasion. Added more gravity to the match, and you could see he was really upset when he lost. Um. I gave it three stars. I thought it was a solid match, just not better than what I saw earlier in the night. Mm -hmm. Um, I really liked this match too. I liked it a little bit more than the first match, but I didn't have the expectations, the high bar that I had set for the first match going into this Mm -hmm. match. uh, I thought Scorpio Sky looked really good here. I did not know that he has his own music now. Uh, He even kind of had this entrance too, where he he broke down a door uh, to, to enter in. So... Uh, yeah, I went three and a quarter stars for this match, so not too much above where you were, but I like this match quite a bit. Grapple gave it 3.1 stars. Which, by the way, they faked me out with that door. I totally thought that was backstage somewhere. I didn't realize it was built <laughs> into the tunnel. <laughs> Nailed it. They totally fooled you. Um so up next, we've got Hangman Page and Kenny Omega against the Jurassic Express. Apparently, this is for the titles. I did not realize this was for the titles. I Me don't, neither. I don't think they mentioned it last week. No. Um, so uh, basically, we got Marco being a nuisance to Kenny. And uh, this allows the Jurassic Express to take command of the match. Uh, Kenny gets worked over for a little bit. (laughs) Finally, he tags in Hangman Page, and the champions find their footing. Uh, After a commercial break, Luchasaurus is in the ring. He starts a comeback. But Kenny snapdragons everybody everywhere. Uh, And then I just wrote here, moves everywhere, people being tossed, dives being dived. And then the champs hit the drunken trigger on uh, Jungle Boy to get the win. What did you think? This was action-packed as all hell. First of all, we need a singles Kenny Omega Jungle Boy match, Jungle Boy match down the pipeline here real soon because mm-hmm. what they did in the ring together was just fantastic. I loved it. Um, yeah, it was. It's kind of hard to keep track of everything that went on because it was just move city dives, everything that you could want. Um, action-packed, 
Uh, of course, they got the win with the drunken trigger. I think that Kenny and uh, Hangman are proving why they're the best tag team in AEW right now because they're always putting on great matches. Yeah. Um, I think this was my favorite match on the show uh, this week. And I gave it three and three quarter stars. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was a fantastic tag team match and worthy of a worthy of a tag team title match on television, I think. Wow. Holy cow. Well, hold on to your pants, sir, because I have a hot take here. I did not like this match as much. Oh, yes. (laughs) Uh, I gave this a whole star less than you did. What? Yeah, I went two and three quarters stars. Uh, I thought that for whatever reason, I didn't think these two teams gelled all that well together. And to me, it felt, and at times there was some stuff that did not look very smooth or uh, very clean either. And to me at times, Luchasaurus, especially and, and Kenny both seemed kind of sluggish to me. Uh, Like they were, I mean, maybe they were hot and tired and, and sweating buckets. Um, But it just didn't feel all that smooth to me. And I, I didn't get that invested into the match either. Um, I thought it was, what? yeah, I thought it was close to good, but I did not like it that much. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what to tell you, man. I'm so sorry. I hate to I'm break sure. this to you. Uh, grapple, my heart. <laughs> grapple gave it three and a quarter stars. Wow. I way overshot both of you guys. I yes. loved it. I thought it was so good, but I can understand some of what you're saying there. I guess it just didn't bother me that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's really all about, um, you know, how, how much those things are noticeable and how much they stick out to you and everybody's going to be different. Uh, for me, yeah, that just sort of, uh, did it. And I think some of it is also, uh, I remember that run up to revolution with Paige and Omega, where they were just having like these unbelievable matches on TV uh, for the Mm -hmm. titles. And then they had the match of the bucks. That was just insane. And after like that, after those couple weeks of build and then that pay-per-view match, that's sort of like where their bar was set for me. Like I want to see insane high class, like great, like match of the year contender type matches from these guys. And I feel like if I'm not getting that, then the match is kind of a letdown. And because I know they've got it in them, uh, and I just didn't, I just didn't see it in this match. Um, and I don't think I saw it in like the private party match, or um, I think they had a match with private party, right? Yeah, they did. Yes, um, they did. Even in the match with best friends, which I think was better than these two. Um, even that, uh, just you know, it wasn't the it wasn't the same. Um, which tells me like their time with the title should probably be coming to an end here soon. Um, mm-hmm. Presumably with like FTR at some point would be the idea, but we'll see how, we'll see how that all goes. Uh, Santana and Ortiz basically ruined the best friend's gear. I think they pour bleach on it or something. Yeah. And uh, then scoff at the idea of apologizing to Sue Trent's mom for uh, ruining her van. Uh <laughs> Tag Team Appreciation Night segment. We have the Rock and Roll Express. We have Arn and Tully. We have the Young Bucks, and we have FTR in the ring. Um, the Bucks thank the Rock and Roll Express. FTR puts them over. Uh, Dak says that they aren't just big marks for these teams. Uh, they pave the road 
uh, to allow him to live the life that he has now, a life he never thought he could ever live, and he's living it thanks to these teams. Uh, Ricky Morton grabs the microphone. He puts over everybody too, but then he says the Young Bucks are the best team of their generation. They're like a new Robert and Ricky, essentially. And um, Arn Anderson, he gets the microphone. He puts over the Rock and Roll Express huge. Uh, But then he says, with all due respect, that FTR is the best team of all time. And then Tully's like, enough of this bullshit. He's like, we can come out here and talk about how great we are all day long. But you know what? You're not the best unless you've got the belts. And neither of these teams got the belts. Um, then he gets in Arn's face, him and Arn, Arn kind of have a pull apart. And in the midst of this, uh, Dax looks like he hurts his knee and he and Cash kind of fall to the wayside while the Bucks and the Rock and Rolls are trying to keep Arn and Tully at bay. And then FTR attacks the Rock and Roll Express and they hit Ricky Morton with a spike pile driver, which he took a fantastic bump for. And mm-hmm. this is clearly leading to FTR's dream match of FTR actually wrestling the Rock and Roll Express. So Please. great segment. Uh, what else did we have? Uh, oh, um, here's something we forgot to note. Uh, during the TNT Championship match, they showed that the referee for that match is longtime WWE referee Mike Kyoto, who was let go, I think, during the pandemic or whatever. Um, and uh, that set up for this backstage segment here where Kyoto is being interviewed by Alex Marvez and Jericho walks in and he's like, oh my God, it's Mike Kyoto, Kiki. Like we've, we've been together forever. I saved your job once. Do you remember that? And he's like, that's why I called you here into AEW. I have to ask you a favor. I want you to be the referee for my match with Orange Cassidy tonight. And I want you to do the right thing at the right time. And Kyoto is like, yeah, I'm going to call it down the middle. And Jericho's like, right. When I say it's time, I want you to call it down the middle. Wink, <laughs> wink, nod, nod. And uh, Kyoto's like, what the fuck is he talking about? Uh, then we get Hikaru Shida versus Heather Monroe. This was essentially a competitive squash, Nick. Uh, Monroe gets in a little bit of offense, but Shida basically hits her with some moves. Uh, tries to hit her with the Falcon Arrow, but Monroe counters it. So she does like enough of this shit and puts her in a stretch muffler variant to get the submission win. And post-match, Sheeta is basically saying she's still waiting for a good challenger uh, for the women's title at All Out. Uh, I gave this match one and a half stars. Nick, what did you think? One and a half stars. It's... I feel like I'm being punished for watching women's wrestling. I almost feel like I'm being conditioned to be like, this is the time where you get up because it's not like they're wrestling bad, but they're doing really short matches every week. There, there was a period of time there where you were getting a couple matches every week, but now I understand things are tough because of COVID. And yeah, and a lot of their a lot of their women's roster is either injured right now or they are in parts of the world where they cannot come to the United States. So exactly. I understand the tough place that they are put in right now, but ooh, their women's division was suffering before. I think it was starting to make some strides, but it has sunk deep. It is not very good right now. Um, they, they need to offer some contracts to some highly talented independent women's wrestler to throw some fresh life into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grapple gave this 1.62 stars, by the way. Okay. Uh, after this, uh, there's a Lance Archer, Jake Roberts thing. Pretty weird. 
where they tried to do the deal yeah. with Jake Roberts is calling, uh, just doing a promo normal, and a dude bumps into Lance Archer, and he just starts killing people in the background. Uh, and then he's like, Jake, did you say it? And he's like, I, I don't know what you're talking And then he starts ripping Jake's shirt, and he's like, oh, this is like a $200 shirt. And then on the back of Jake, like literally on Jake Roberts' back, is written, everybody dies for some reason. Uh, and that that was it. And Jake was like crying or something. It was yeah, really like, weird. Super weird. I have no idea what's going on now. Um, <laughs> they reiterate that the next episode of Dynamite is going to take place on August the 22nd on a Saturday. This is because of MBA stuff. Uh, so, yep, there's that. Uh, on this episode, we're going to get FTR versus Private Party, the Elite versus the Dark Order in a six-man tag, the tournament finals of the, uh, the Deadly Draw Women's Championship cup tournament thing uh we're gonna get an eight-man tag with a bunch of people who i don't remember anymore it's like the lucha brothers and butcher and the blade i think against the natural nightmares and two other people best friends maybe or something i don't remember remember. Uh, and then cody and brody for the tnt championship uh that leads us to the main event chris jericho orange cassidy and we get a very aggressive Orange Cassidy at the beginning of this match, uh, just pounding on Jericho, who eventually cuts him off, works him over through a commercial break, hits him with a lion salt to get a two count. Uh, Orange Cassidy makes a comeback, but it is short lived. Jericho gets him into the walls of Jericho, but he escapes. Jericho, though, hits him with a code breaker, gets another two. Then he uh, is fed up and grabs his bat and then tells Mike Chioda to do the deal. Turn your back. Let me wallop this man with a baseball bat. But Mike Chioda refuses to do this. Orange Cassidy hits Jericho with a Michinoku driver and gets a two count. Uh, Orange Cassidy then hits the Superman punch, which Tony Schiavone called the Orange Punch! (laughs) Which sounds delicious, actually. I could go for some Orange Punch right now. But um, Taz said that punch was full of pulp. Uh, then uh, Santana and Ortiz come out but the best friends come out to meet them they are fighting everyone is distracted Jake Hager comes in and slams down Orange Cassidy Jericho pins him but only gets a two then Cassidy tries to go for a cradle but it gets fucked up because Jericho falls backwards instead but somehow Orange Cassidy kind of makes it work and pins Chris Jericho and celebrates for roughly 25 seconds before the show goes off of the air uh, what did you think of the main event? They were cutting it close at the end of that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I thought it was fun, and it was an entertaining match. It was great to see Orange Cassidy get the win um, and to see him take things so seriously. Um, you know, that's a rarity, and it should be a rarity with him, you know, to make the character work. But he was a house of fire right at the start of this match. He had something to prove. He's like, I'm going to win. Um, I will say <clears throat> that Cradle at the end, really threw things off for me because I think this went from being pretty sure slightly I was supposed higher. to roll forward with that yeah yeah and and I think this would have gone slightly higher score for me um, had that not been the case that really took the wind out of my sails and kind of took away from Orange's big win mm-hmm. um, I ended up going uh, two and three quarter stars oh generous well less generous than me I gave this a three uh, but I felt the same this was not as good as their first match and nope. it was pretty basic and they did try to ramp it up at the end making you think that Jericho was going to sleaze his way into the victory uh, but then the pinfall attempt at the end did not work out as they planned 
Um, even though it didn't go horribly awry, it did not go exactly as they wanted it to. Uh, it knocked it down a peg in my book. Uh, so three stars. And uh, Grapple gave this match a 3.07. So, yes, there is that. And uh, that is the show for this week as well, Nick. So... Uh, in the meantime, head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show. And of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search for The Elitists, hit subscribe, and that way you can come back next time uh, to listen to us talk about more AEW Dynamite on TNT featuring Cody defending the TNT Championship against Brody Lee. Brody Lee.